welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. So much to get to here, so little time, so we'll get right to it. Uh, the Assembly will be meeting this week, Thursday. This show airs uh, for the first time on Wednesdays. So the Assembly is meeting this week to vote itself a pay raise, or vote themselves a pay raise. Now, the Senate has to do the same thing, and it has to be done before the end of the year in order for it to uh, take effect uh, on January 1st of 2023. So they're in there. They're doing it the last two weeks of December, thinking nobody's going to be paying attention. People are getting ready for Christmas and for New Year's, and they're going to go in and vote themselves a pay raise. What other business, and government is not a business, but in one other uh, field of endeavor, can one vote themselves a pay raise? It's unbelievable what happens down here. Assembly is run by Democrats. It has been for decades. It will be for decades, probably. It's just unbelievable. New Yorkers are leaving the state. You know, a million people left the state over the last 10 years. And now you can see why, because of actions like this. I saw the speaker today, Carl Hasty, or Hasty, whatever his name is, looking down, looking away. I had my Trump hat on, hoping he would see me. I mean, he's a nice enough guy, but I mean, they don't care about the people paying the bills. The average New Yorker makes less than half of what they're proposing to make for a single year. They're making $130,000 a year as it is. They're going to vote themselves a $12,000 a year pay raise in the assembly. That's how your money's being spent, part of it. Also, there's a new study put out by the Food and Drug Administration. I can't believe the FDA actually did this. They confirm what many doctors and experts worldwide have been thinking these past couple of years. There is a link between blood clots and the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine. Researchers examined data covering over 17 million elderly Americans who had received two doses of the Pfizer. They found that the incidence of pulmonary embolism or blood clotting in the lungs met the initial safety signal, meaning further investigation is warranted. Now, it's not a, obviously some red flags went up, This is uh, reported, by the way, in the Epic Times, and I'm looking at a piece from uh, World Net Daily. So after a more thorough evaluation, the statistical signal continued to meet the criteria. So there's reason for concern here. Researchers said three other outcomes initially raised red flags, but did not meet the statistical threshold. A lack of oxygen to the heart, a blood platelet disorder, and another type of clotting called intravascular coagulation. But the FDA Quick to point out, it will not act on the results because they don't prove the vaccines cause any of the four outcomes. They want more study, in other words, as you would expect. I'm just sifting through this this report here. Uh, Without citing any evidence, the authors said the FDA strongly believes the potential benefits of the COVID-19 vaccination outweigh the potential risks of COVID-19 infection. The researchers found the safety signals were detected only after the Pfizer vaccination. No concerns arose in their analysis of the Moderna and the Johnson & Johnson vaccines. But uh, the CDC director, Rochelle Wilinski, Biden's health director, Anthony Fauci, who should be brought up on charges, and other federal officials have now downplayed the, the VAERS report, which is, stands for the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, VAERS. 1,886 reports of pulmonary embolism after receiving the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine as of December 9th. But of course, the the feds are playing it down. But Peter McCullough, one of the doctors who's been outspoken about the dangers of these uh, vaccines, 
prominent cardiologist and epidemiologist, commented on the new FDA study to the Epic Times. He said it corroborates the concerns of doctors that a large uptick in blood clots and other uh, issues, heart disease and blood disorders, is independently associated with COVID-19 vaccination. He's called for the suspension of the vaccines, and he believes they are the uh, the best explanation for the sudden and unexpected deaths in cardiac events and otherwise healthy people. People in their 40s and 50s are dropping dead. These people had no history of heart trouble, dropping dead of heart attacks. And uh, so anyway, more investigation is needed. This story, when I read this on uh, Newsmax the first time, it just drove me crazy. Frank Pavone is a Roman Catholic uh, priest. He's been a priest for many, many years. He has been defrocked by the Vatican. Why? Because he's been speaking out on pro-life issues, especially on social media, and the Vatican doesn't like that. This pope is so hard left, it's not even funny. This pope said recently there, I can't, I can't believe when he said this, and, and I'm not taking it out of context. He says there are other ways to heaven other than through Jesus. For a Catholic pope to say that is just, it's blasphemy. But anyway, uh, back to, to, uh, this defrocked Catholic priest, Dr. Pavone, Catholic news agency this weekend revealed the full text of a letter from the apostolic nuncio to the U.S. to U.S. bishops declaring that Pavone has, had been officially laicized, meaning that he had been stripped of his religious title and powers and returned to the laity with no official status in the church. And I'll read you his statement. Pavone said, Monday, some in the church have been trying to silence my voice for 20 years. It will not work. This is not just an attack on me, but an effort by forces both inside and outside the church to intimidate every courageous pro-life priest and lay activist. These are evil forces, folks, within the church. Now, the, the church has been a target of, of communists and Marxists for decades. I could do a whole, I could, I've read so many books on this issue, and I was raised a Catholic. I no longer practice, but I, I the Catholic church is, you know, has been one of the most vocal, uh, outspoken supporters of, of unborn children. And they should be. When I hear somebody say a pro-life priest, I mean, that's redundant. Every priest should be pro-life. Every bishop should be pro-life. And certainly every pope should be pro-life. Because the Catholic Church has been and hopefully will continue to be a force for good in the world and certainly a force for the, for the lives of the unborn. Father Pavone has been kicked out. We see this in the arrests of pro-life advocates and the lack of response from law enforcement in Joe Biden's America. More than 100 attacks against pro-life organizations. And the police, I don't know where the law enforcement is on this. These attacks go unanswered. This Pavone speaking now. We see this in when some religious leaders provide cover for pro-abortion politicians, such as Joe Biden, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, both Catholic, by the way. Nancy Pelosi claims she's a good Catholic. She and Biden, and uh, you know, scores of, of these Catholic Democratic politicians, not just at the federal level, but here at the state level as well. Assemblymen and senators, prominent Catholics in the Albany area, they support abortion on demand. It's unbelievable. They should be kicked out of the Catholic Church. And Pavone says, when we see it, when, when some priests who violate canon law and also break civil law are supported, you know, they'll perform gay weddings. Others, including myself, are chastised and ostracized for working to protect the unborn. It's, I'm telling you, the devil is, is so active. He knows his time is short. 
This world, this country especially, but the world's upside down. You know it. I know it. Anybody paying any kind of attention at all to what's happening can attest to this. I've written a column, and it should be up on the uh, the BMG website, talking about the sinfulness in the world. And we are enshrining sin. And we're attacking people such as Father Pavone. I say we, I mean the culture is, the dominant media culture, which is controlled by the left. Pavone said this, his plight will reveal how the church will respond to abortion and whose view of this battle will hold sway in the Catholic Church and beyond. It's about whom the church wants to punish, pro-abortion politicians or pro-life priests. It's about whom the church wants to abort, babies in the womb or priests who defend them. This is, uh, but I'll just read you the, the other side. Archbishop uh, Christopher Pierre's letter to the U.S. bishops alleges that Pavone, a supporter of former President Trump, that's his biggest sin, by the way. If you really get down the brass tacks, that's the one thing that probably hurt him the most. He supports President Trump. But it says that uh, Pavone was guilty of, quote, persistent disobedience of the lawful instructions of his diocesan bishop and blasphemous communications on social media. It's hard for me, I, know, I follow uh, Father Pavone, I, I know about his work. It's hard for me to believe he would do anything blasphemous. The Priest for Life issued a release Monday saying Pavone still had not received official notification from the Vatican about his reported laization and added that he rejected the idea that there is no possibility of appeal. Of course, there's a possibility of appeal. He says, I'm appealing to the people of God who are becoming wiser to all that is going on and who will be the judges of whether the work of my 50-person team at Priests for Life and I do is worthy of support or not. I've made an irrevocable commitment to defend the unborn and to be a priest. I will not walk away from either one. We need prayers. We need to pray for Father Pavone and all those in positions, uh, similar positions in the priesthood. The Catholic Church is now controlled by the left. These bishops are left-wing. Many of them are homosexual. And if you're a conservative, traditional priest and speak out against homosexuality or same-sex marriage or uh, uh, abortion on demand, you are ostracized. We're seeing it here with this priest. Unbelievable. All right, let's get to uh, Twitter and Elon Musk, who is, uh, why in the world would he agree to abide by the results of a poll? He said he urged Twitter users to, uh, to vote for him to step down or not as CEO. And he said he would step down from his leadership uh, if he were voted out. Should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. That's what he asked in a Sunday afternoon tweet. And the query came after Twitter implemented several recent changes in its policies, specifically instituting a policy prohibiting the sharing of real-time public information that resulted in the suspensions of several journalists. Anyway, the poll, 17.5 million respondents. I think most people who use Twitter are liberal anyway. That's my, that's my guess. I don't use it, but a lot of liberals are on it. But 57.5% voted yes, he should step aside. 42.5% voted no. So he purchased Twitter. October 27th, it was finalized after a lengthy legal battle with the company's old leadership. And he has since fired top executives. He cleared house, cleaned house, announced major changes to the website's operations, 
including doing away with the traditional blue check verification badge and proposing then deleting a policy preventing the sharing of certain links to other social media platforms. So a lot of journalists and liberal Twitter users, most journalists are liberals, have criticized Musk's leadership because he supports free speech. And they've threatened to leave the site since his takeover. And he drives the liberals nuts. He calls for the defeat of the woke mind virus, and by he's mocking these this nonsense of using pronouns while calling for the prosecution of Dr. Fauci. And Biden has suggested that Musk should be investigated by the federal government for his actions at Twitter. Maybe it's the federal government who needs to be investigated, and it will be come January 3rd. And a lot of liberals have even called for his uh, citizenship to be revoked. These are the equity people. If you don't agree with them, they want you ostracized and worse. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I hope he doesn't abide by, by his, own, his own poll. But I mean, if he does, then he's going to lose some credibility. But uh, look, a lot of people don't like Musk because he's uh, a self-made billionaire, a multi-billionaire. He's, I think he's the richest man in the world. And there's a reason for it. He's smart. He takes chances with his own capital, not with other people's capital, as the government does. Anyway, speaking of the government, Americans list the federal government as the top problem facing the country. Seventh year in a row. New poll from Gallup. Thousand respondents, over a thousand. Nineteen percent said the central government is the top problem with the country, saying they are, they are dissatisfied with some aspect of the government. Let's see, the government was ranked as more of a problem than inflation and the economy in general, with 16% dissatisfied with inflation, 12% dissatisfied with the economy in general. And dissatisfaction with the government did not emerge in recent history as one of the top issues facing the nation until 2012, an Obama's second term. Since 2013, when the government shutdown caused mentions for the government uh, to surge, It's been the first or second most cited issue each year. Americans and their satisfaction with the way things are going in the U.S. currently at an all-time low since 2011, dropping by nine percentage points this year from 27% to 18%, according to the poll. In 2011, American satisfaction was at 17%, and it's only the fourth time since 1979 that the satisfaction rate has dropped below 20%. Now, between 28 and In 2012, during the Great Recession, the economy was named as the top problem for Americans, directly above unemployment, according to Gallup. Between 2004 and 2007, it was the Iraq War, the most important problem Americans thought then. But now it's the the federal government that people are worried about. I mean, we had COVID last year and last couple of years, but that's gotten better. Inflation has worsened and heightened Americans' concerns. And of course, America is split down the middle on uh, all kinds of things. We are a There is a decoupling, a great decoupling going on across the country. We are no longer really united about anything. But we're we're united about how the government is really the main thing we have to watch out for. More conservatives believe that, obviously, than than liberals. They, They put their trust and faith in government, in the state. Conservatives tend to put their faith and trust in God as they should. That's about going to wrap things up. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. Don't forget, we have some fine programming for you on the BMG Network. Check it out. Go to the bmgnetwork.com. You'll have this show, The Pac-Man, with me, Ted Flint, every Wednesday and sometimes on the weekends. My daughter, Madeline, is going to do a show this weekend. It's called The Essentials with Maddie Flint, and Adrian Ross has a show. We have 
couple of new programs on there for you as well, and the columns under the PAC perspective. Check it out, the bmgnetwork.com if you want to contact me directly. It's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Thanks for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we'll talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. Thank you.